0: basketball, let's go, let's go, we cannot mess this up, we is not drafting another Darko, Kane Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, what are y'all, yeah Beach, Pieces has got the number one.
1: Cut it cut it this is king known uncensored number one y'all already know the vibes y'all already know what time it is boy drop the joint yes if y'all niggas been under a rock in the motherfucking nba world because that's what i'm talking about This king known nba and music talk let's talk that shit Motherfucker, as a resident of Detroit, Michigan, nigga, Westside Eight Mile, nigga, stand up, Get your bitch ass. Hey, we got the number one overall pick in that motherfucking draft lottery. I witnessed history again. This is the first time we ever got the number one pick, and guess who was presiding over it? NBA Hall of Famer Big Ben Wallace. Hall of Famer, and Defensive Player of the Year God, big motherfucking Ben Wallace. Make some motherfucking noise, but being number one, no, I'm just playing. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Nori not going to shut my shit down. I'm just playing. (laughs) Fuck that. But, yes, the draft lottery, baby. Now, Detroit did get number one. But before we get into what we should do with the pick, hey, we got the Houston Rockets at number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers at number three, the Toronto Raptors at number four, the Orlando Magic at number five, the Oklahoma City Thunder at number six, seven Golden State Warriors, number eight, the Orlando Magic. Jesus. So Orlando and Golden State. Wow. Okay. Number 9, the Sacramento Kings. Number 10, the New Orleans Pelicans. You should have saw Swin Cash's face. Shorty looked like Regina Hall and Boys in the Hood, man. <laughs> number 11, the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go, Lamelo. Le number 12, the San Antonio Spurs. Number 13, the Indiana Pacers. And number 14, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, my God. Who should we draft with the number one pick? I mean, you can't lose. Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham. Everybody is saying that Kay Cunningham is the number one pick. I had predicted years ago that we was going to draft this motherfucker. Shout out to 2K and their draft list. Because Kay Cunningham is our pick to lose. Oh, my God. The excitement around the D. Everybody talking, just like Sada said, ain't no dark old shit going gonna happen. That was a whole entirely different time frame, by the way. A whole different time frame, by the way. Different management. It's just completely different now. So shout out. Shout out to the Detroit Pistons, man. Hometown. Let's get it. All right. I love Devin Booker. I really do. But stop comparing that man to Kobe Bryant. Because, like, Stephen A. Smith, I do not respect the views or opinions of Stephen A. Smith ever since he apologized for that Ray Rice comment, knowing damn well he was right yes a lot of people provoke people into striking them now I don't think that Ray Rice should have swung on his girl that shit was completely wrong for him to sock her like that he should have just restrained her it's a different way of you ain't got a super sock, super soccer lady, bro. <laughs> Unless she got a pistol in her hand, and that's a different story. But back to uh, book Kobe comparison. Stop it. There's nothing that Devin Booker does better than Kobe at all. I don't want to hear it. Kobe Bryant, you know, let book win a championship first before you can even compare him to Kobe. Even Kendrick Perkins had to check this nigga Stephen A. Smith about that stupid ass shit. I'm just saying, though. Stop that shit, man. Just because Phoenix is on a magical run, you have to realize there has been injuries on every goddamn team damn near in the playoffs. And Book is 100% healthy. So give me a break. Like, people need to stop comparing motherfuckers to, uh, already established legends especially dead ones that can't be alive to defend themselves I'm just saying. Now, let's move on. Speaking of critiques, Trick Daddy dollars. this is Beyonce and Jay-Z saying that, saying that Beyonce can't sing and that he's never been really fond of Jay-Z. Now, other Southern artists have chimed in. Like, I think Gucci said something about Jay. I forgot what he said, though. Project Pat even has an interview, recent interview, where... He's saying that, you know, Jay-Z's not really that good. Pimp C, you know, who collaborated with him on Big Pimpin', didn't initially want to do Big Pimpin'. Bun was all for it. So. Um. And, and even Pimp C made particular demands to even do the video. Because he didn't even want to do do the video, the big pimping. Pimp C had to shoot his own fucking scene, bro. So, I mean, a lot of Southern artists do not like Jay-Z. Like, they don't even, like, fuck with ho. You know, J. Cole is an exception, you know what I'm saying? Nick Grant is an exception, you know? But the East Coast, in general, just had, you know, was dissing the South when they were trying to get into the game. You know Jay, you know Scarface was one of those people that fuck with Hov. Because Scarface is cut from the same cloth as Hov. They both tell stories very fucking well and can give you imagery of the streets that is glamorous and elegant despite the darkness of the environment. So that's why Face Mob took the to hold. Everybody else, you know, Ludacris respect fucks with Jay. But Ludacris technic- technically from New Orleans. But Southern niggas do not necessarily respect East Coast niggas like that. Because Southern niggas is a little bit more independent. The East Coast labels and stuff weren't accepting of them, didn't hop onto their sound until it became a trend. So it's always been tension. You know, of course, OutKast take, took took liking to Hov because they collaborated with him on Speakerbox and the love below. Um, I'm just saying, like, Trick Daddy has a right to his opinion, but... Hov is who I view as the greatest rapper of all time. You know, and that is obviously can be debated because there's so many great ones from so many different eras so it just depends on what you listen to what your preference is and what you like and Trick Daddy doesn't you know you know, Trina was like I ain't got nothing to do with this shit I fuck with Jay and Beyonce you know what I'm saying and that's cool too to disagree with people that have made controversial statements such as this But me personally, I can understand why Trick Daddy said what he said, because it took forever for the East Coast to embrace the South, and when the and then they didn't necessarily embrace them until the South became the hottest sound. Although Jay has been looking for acceptance from the South. His whole entire career, he hopped on The High Remix. He had UGK for Big Pimpin'. He hopped on Scarface's Guess Who's Back. He did I Do It For Hip Hop with Ludacris. He did, uh, 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 I forgot the name of the song with Outkast. But, yeah. Let's move on to uh, to, to, uh, Tory Lanez, right? Tory Lanez got a new song with the baby called Scrat or Scat. I think it's Scat. That motherfucker's a banger. The toe shooting midget rapper. No, nah, I'm just playing. The toe shooting nigga got a banger on his hands. <laughs> I mean, man, we don't even know if that nigga really did that shit. <laughs> we don't even know. We haven't even had an update on that Megan The Stallion Tory Lane shit, which caused tension between the baby and Megan The Stallion. But my question is, like, the baby wasn't in the car with y'all. The baby had nothing to do with it. The baby did a business business transaction. The industry is still a business. Like, Meg expected the baby to have her side because she collaborated with him twice. But the baby loyalty is the currency. And he did not play favorites in the situation, and he was neutral. I'm not gonna read the tweets. It'll take too long. But I'm not on either side here. I respect either one side, I guess. But I think the baby made the right decision by doing the collab with Tory Lanez. He could collab with whoever the fuck he wants to despite the circumstances that happened between the two. You know? My nigga Quick from Harlem Nights, you know what I'm saying? Got a banger out there. He got one with Chris Brown. I although I didn't necessarily like the album that that song was on that much, but I think with this single, I think Tory Lanez is headed in the right direction. And I love the video. The video was very fucking creative. You know, it reminds me of those early two thousands videos. So shout out to Tory, I guess. Oh, poor T-Pain. Teddy Payne. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, man. So T-Pain comes out and says that um, Usher told him that he fucked up the music game with the auto-tune. And it put him in a four-year depression. Now, I can understand how idols could crush your dreams. I can understand. But at the same time. Sometimes it's not best to meet your idols. So, you can't necessarily, um, you know what I'm saying? You can't necessarily, um, blame T-Pain for feeling that way. But at the same time though You have to look at it like this T-Pain from About 06 To like 08 09 T-Pain was running the game You can't deny that Even though I didn't Me personally I'm not a fan of T-Pain Like somebody you know Some chick I was chilling with right Was playing T-Pain and shit she was like You remember this song I was like No I was like, no, no, shorty, I don't because I don't fucking fuck with T-Pain like that. I only like a few songs that he did. And I like T-Pain when he rap. I don't like when he sing. That's just my personal opinion. Never was a fan. I hated Shoddy Snapping. I fucking hated that stupid ass song. I hated it. I liked I'm Sprung. I like I'm in love with a stripper. I like um, uh, uh, Chop the Screw. I like. Phantom, karaoke, bartender. I, I just like his singles really. I never enjoyed a full length project from that guy. Not to say that he isn't talented or isn't great. It's just that he's not my type of. Cu- he's not my cup of tea. Personally. But I felt bad for him that Usher told him that like an established iconic legend told him that he fucked up the game. And in my opinion, I think he did fuck up the game because the auto-tune shit got out of control. It made people abuse auto-tune instead of use it for its proper purpose. And the auto-tune shit just got out of control. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, ain't, you know what I'm saying? It's just not necessarily... um, And it's a forgettable era for me. I didn't like all of the music that was made between 2007 and 2009 and 2010. I didn't like 808s and Heartbreaks that much. I wasn't a fan of that album. This motherfucker's calling that bullshit a classic. That shit was just a trend writing album. It had good songs on there. I liked half. I liked the first half of 808s and Heartbreaks. I didn't like the second half, but I did like. coldest winter though that's one that's a song that actually grew on me straight like that that song actually grew on a nigga like i that song um coldest winter i completely understood it you know but i was just um just anti-auto-tune that at at that time anti-dance song at that time you know what i'm saying you gotta put yourself in the shoes of a uh A real hip hop enthusiast. You know what I'm saying? I was really with the shits. But yeah, though. So basically, my thoughts on this shit is I agree with Usher to an extent, but T Pain made some good shit and Usher was kind of cold at that time too you have to understand where Usher was coming from because I guess in 07 he released Here I Stand which was not widely accepted because the general public couldn't handle Usher being married And and Usher ended up dropping his mother as a manager and decided to go for Dolo and a lot of people didn't agree with the musical decisions but first of all here I Stand is a very good album. It's just not a classic, but I love Here I Stand. I love Appetite For The Ladies. I love What's A Man To Do. I like both versions of Love In This Club. I love um, Moving Mountains, Trading Places. I love like Love You Gently, and I love um, What's Your Name. Like Here I Stand is a great album. It's just not a classic. You know, Usher was kind of bricking at the time. And then when T-Pain started to to taper off, Usher took back his crown in 2010 when he released Raymond vs Raymond when he got divorced and 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 linked back up with his mom Dukes. Um so let's move on here. Um Shout out to Mac from No Limit, man. He's officially home. The papers are signed and he is officially out as of yesterday, I think. He came home. Um he's he was served. He served, man. Let me see. When did he go to jail? I think it was damn, he served 20 fucking years for a crime that he didn't even commit. He was pardoned by, I think, the Louisiana governor. So shout out to him for pardoning Mac. He was wrongly accused. Of a shooting that occurred in a club. And. um, The. People who put him in jail. Were super racist. And used his lyrics against them. When lyrics are just lyrics. Damn. I've been going 22 minutes already. My goodness. I haven't even talked about the game yet. But yeah, this is going to be a 40-minute joint, I think. Because um, I still got a little bit more to talk about. Um, shout out to Emmy Udoka, who I believe is living a top 10 life in America. This man not only got to play basketball for about a decade, right? He married Nia Long and had children with her, man. And now, and has been... A hell of an assistant coach. And now he finally gets his first head coaching gig. Shout out to Brad Stevens. Maybe you finally found something that you can do right. Because coaching is just not you in the NBA. Maybe you need to be a manager. Shout out to M.E.U. Doka, man. Shout out. He's the new Boston Celtics head coach. Let's see if he can, uh, in his first job... Take these cats to the top. Now let's move on to some basketball, man. Let's talk basketball, dude. Game one of the um, Western Conference Finals. Um, We had the Clippers versus the Suns. And the Suns ended up taking game one, 120 to 114. The Clippers, I don't know, man. They can't seem to close out games without Kawhi leonard and even with leonard they struggle to close games they'll play a good four 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 three and a half quarters and then just can't close the goddamn game out they remind me of the orlando magic in the regular season when they had their little uh playoff run or whatever but paul george had 34 points he showed up reggie jackson had 24 points and DeMarcus Cousins showed up in a major way and I don't understand why Tyron Lue didn't play him in game 2. We'll get to that. Terrence Mann, the hero from game 1, only received four shot attempts. That cannot happen if the Clippers are going to win this series. Terrence Mann has to play has to score 15 to 20 points a game if Kawhi Leonard's going to be absent. Now D-Book in his first conference finals game, his first playoffs, this man dropped 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists with only two turnovers. My God, Cameron Payne. It was, it was six niggas in double figures. Michael Bridges had 14. Jay Crowder had 13. DeAndre Ayton had 20 points and nine rebounds. Campaign 11. Cameron Johnson 12. Big games, big games, big game. Let's move on to um, game two of the of the Western Conference finals. as a close, close game. It was a tight one. It was a very entertaining one, might I add as Paul George did the unthinkable once again. Man, this man is racking up playoff chokes. Now, I give Paul George credit when he's balling, but Paul George is something that we call a can't get right. No matter how right he looks, he just, you know, since since he's been gone, he just can't seem to get right. <laughs> this man shot 1 of 8 from 3. He did have 26 though. You got to give him credit for the first 3 quarters, but he missed two crucial free throws that could have that turned that could have turned a one-point lead to a three-point lead. We're not even going to get into the contributions of the other players, and again, Terrence Mann only had five shot attempts, not a good look. But let's get into Phoenix though. Um, DeAndre Ayton had 24 points and 14 rebounds and the game winner, as Monty Williams called a masterful masterful play off the inbounds. This is, honestly, bro, outside of Popovich, bro, Monty Williams might be the second best coach in basketball. I mean, Popovich don't have a playoff team with him, but Monty Williams might have been robbed for coach of the year. I know I was opting for Quinn Snyder. But he got exposed. And it's only one other guy left. And it's Monty Williams. This dude is incredible. And he definitely deserves respect. For the calling that inbounds play. When that shit could have easily went to book. But they were like no. Let's throw him off and throw it. To fucking. Um, DeAndre Ayton for, for game. And Zubac. Honestly, bro, I would have fouled, dude. I would have fouled the shit out of DeAndre Ayton. I don't even know if the Clippers had a foul to give. I really don't know. But yeah, man, a complete meltdown and a critical error. Cameron Payne though in this game 29 points and 9 assists These niggas are really winning games without Chris Paul And the Suns got good news As Chris Paul is expected To clear the protocol And possibly play in game 3 Yeah I don't know man The Clippers better protect home court You gotta realize that Phoenix only just protected home court And the series only begins when uh, An away team loses and speak of away teams losing tonight, damn Milwaukee. Y'all just going to let the ATL walk into your crib and steal game one. Now, I did pick the Bucks in six games because I couldn't underestimate the Atlanta Hawks because, you know, a lot of people are picking the Bucks to sweep the Hawks. I was like, they ain't getting swept. They ain't getting swept, bro. There is no way. Yeah. So, anyway, back to what I was saying. Wow, Atlanta with the shocker, man. Trey Young, this is probably the best game of Trey Young's career right here. I know I say that about a lot of people. I'm sounding like Charles Barkley, like super redundant and shit. But Ice Trader Gang, 48 points, 11 assists, seven, 7 rebounds. Look at this shit. Clint Capella had 12 points and 19 rebounds, y'all. John Collins, 23 points, 15 rebounds. Cam Reddish was available, but they didn't play him. I'm surprised. Nate McMillan is also a great coach. Nate McMillan has probably risen into top 10, top 5 coaching status. And he's an interim head coach. Bogdan Bogdanovich gave it a go. He was one of six, but, you know, he was ailing from an injury. I think it was a a leg injury, I believe. Um, Wow, despite a 34 point and 12 rebound and nine assist performance from Giannis. Wow, the Atlanta Hawks have won their first Eastern Conference Finals game. Since ah fuck, since the Bob Pettit era, I believe <laughs> that was the last. I think that was like '58. <laughs> the Hawks, as a franchise, have not won an Eastern Conference Finals game because you got to remember they were swept by LeBron and them when they won 64 games, and then um, they had yeah,
0: yeah.
1: They've never went. You know, Dominique Wilkins never took them to the Eastern Conference Finals before. So, goddamn, I think this is the first time. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me. You can correct me. I would appreciate that. But this is the first time that the Hawks have won an Eastern Conference Finals game since 1958. When they did win the NBA title. Drew Holiday had the game of his life as well. 33 points and 10 assists and you know what I'm going to talk about tonight. I don't know why y'all niggas. Chris Middleton did not show up and that was the main reason why the Bucs lost such a close game. This nigga only had 15 points. He's got to score 20 a game. Like those those five points that the Bucs were missing (laughs) could have been we could have been you know what I'm saying 6 of 23 and 0 of 9 from 3 oh lord have mercy I was telling people this like Chris Middleton gotta show up man like this is the wrong time for him to be choking like Giannis is gonna do his thing Drew Holiday gonna do his thing I'm saying though I'm saying, though. Now, my thoughts on these two series is right now, I was going to uh, have a push a T segment, but I'm going to just save that motherfucker for another show. I'm already running too long as as we speak. But yeah, Chris Paul coming back to that Sun series is dangerous for the Clippers, especially when Kawhi Leonard is not 100% right now, and he's probably not going to play in game three. But Chris Paul... Coming back for game three, that is dangerous. And it's a possibility that the Clippers could go down 0-3. Now, when you go down 0-3, it's all about picking when do you want to die? Because no team has come back from a 3-0 lead in NBA history. And the Clippers in this condition, they're not conditioned to do that. Due to the fact that Paul George, I don't know, man. It's, Something wrong with dude. And then also Tyron Lue. I don't like how he gets down 0-2 and then he wants to make adjustments. Then you want to coach. No. Jump out the gate on these niggas. But my suggestion for Tyron Lue is to play Boogie Cousins more. And to um, give Terrence Mann more shots. Because you saw at the end of the game... Game two, uh, shit got testy when, um, you know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Boogie Cousins bumped Devin Booker. He pushed him and shit. Booker tried to go at him, but that's the old classic move in the book. You remember Anthony Peeler tried to get Kevin Garnett to swing back on him so that Garnett can miss games, but Garnett just took those elbows. And then also you do remember when um, Ori tried to get Steve Nash to fight but what his trick ended up doing was running Amari Studemeyer off the bench. And that caused him to get suspended for game two of that series. But my suggestion for the Milwaukee Bucks is, man, Bootenholzer got to be the worst coach in the league. He doesn't adjust well. And I think I think the players and the assistant coaches are the real bread and butter over there. Boone just not the coach for this team. He's just fucking trash. He's always had talent around him, dude, and never flourished with it. Now, he has a very good chance this year of being the student on an A-plus project that didn't contribute shit to the project. He has that chance. But tonight... I blame this shit all on Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton has to shoot better and be more efficient because he was throwing up more bricks than Esteban tonight. But I'm going to close that shit out here. This is King Known Uncensored number one, and I'm out.